light the candles. Grab the book. Ring the bell. It's time for Quip. Queer in Portland. The show for the strange and peculiar. Welcome back to another episode of Quip. In this episode, we have a disclaimer. We will be talking about triggers. We will be talking about suicides. We will be talking about mental illness. We will be talking about murderers. We will be talking about a strange and unusual game. If you decide to play this game, you play it at your own risk, and we are not responsible for anything that happens to you at all. (laughs) The elevator game. What is it? What's it about? Who is it for? Mmm, elevator game. So, here are the logistics of it. You have to be in a 10-story or more. Oh, wait a minute, wait a hmm. minute. Shouldn't you start about explaining what the elevator game is before so, you go into the rules and regulations? Yes, yeah, so what the elevator game is, supposedly, if you want to go matrixy, it's you're breaking through the matrix. You're hitting a numerical sequence to get you to a different dimension, an alternate universe thought process. Some kind of strange plane. Or Twilight Zone. Exactly. And Or the other version is you're hitting a strange sequence and it takes you to the spirit plane. And when you're in the elevator participating in this game, you come across an entity who is supposedly trying to keep you in this dimension. You are not supposed to engage. However... That is the basis of this game, is the ability to see into the other world, whether it is the awakened, the astral plane, the spirit plane, hell, who can say? Now, where did this game originate from? Supposedly the game started in either Korea or Japan. We don't know which one, but it started somewhere across the pond. So somewhere in the Asian countries. Exactly, exactly. And so what the game consists of, you need an elevator, Obviously. Obviously. One. A hotel or a house that has at least 10 stories or more. Okay. You must be alone. Alone. And you must know the exact numeric sequence to punch into the elevator keypad. And is there a time or day that you have to play this game? Always. All these games happen at night. Mm. Some people say you should do it at three in the morning because it's a spit in the face of the Christian trinity. Other people say... Do it at 12 midnight because it's the witching hour. Mm. Other people say just do it as soon as it's dark and there's no one in the hotel. Yep, that's very interesting. So the procedure goes, you go up to the first floor. You have to do this alone, mind you. So the first floor, then the fourth floor, then go down to the second floor, then up to the sixth floor, then down to the second floor, then again up to the tenth floor, then down to the fifth floor. And once you're down to the fifth floor, that's when you come across this entity Mm, in the guise of a woman. Okay. And she'll try to talk to you. She'll try to persuade you to come with her, to exit the elevator with her. And if you do, you'll be taken to another world, far away from anyone. Now, are you supposed to speak with her? Are you supposed to look at her? You cannot speak to her, talk to her, touch her, or even acknowledge her. The minute you do, you are her victim. So do not do this. Gotcha. So once you're on the fifth floor, you're going to go down to the first floor. If you did it incorrectly, the elevator should go to the first floor. 
If you do it correctly, mind you, you'll go up to the 10th floor. And once you're on the 10th floor, the elevator doors will swing open and there will be a whole floor that will look exactly like the same floor. However, it will be dim, it will be darker, and there will be no one there. The only sound you will hear are whispers that seem to be emanating from the walls and behind closed doors. And in the through an open window, you'll see a giant red cross. No one knows what this cross is. However, you're not to leave the elevator. Perchance you do. You have to go back to the elevator that you left from, the exact same elevator, and do the same sequence in order to get down to the bottom floor. Mm-hmm. And what I did forget to mention is once you hit the numeric sequence correctly and you're at the bottom floor, you are to exit the elevator without looking back into the elevator. Supposedly, if you look back, it will also capture part of your soul. So once you exit properly, do not look back, do not see anything, just walk straight out until the door is closed. After that point, if you realize your surroundings are normal, you're fine. If your surroundings still seem a tad off, then go back into the elevator and do the sequence again. However, another rule, so many rules. If someone during the time frame of your sequent punching comes in the elevator like a guest or a resident, the game is done. You have to try to do it again alone. There you go. What's odd about this game is that there is some similarities to a very gruesome case that happened all the way in Los Angeles, California to a place that Tiger and I actually visited several times. Mm-hmm. And also carries the inspiration for Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story Hotel featuring Lady Gaga. But the case, the hotel, the person I'm talking about is... Elisa Lam. So this is a very interesting case. Um, This happened in 2013, uh, around January. Um, Elisa Lam, let's get a little backstory on who she is in case anyone doesn't really know the story. I mean, it's pretty famous, so I'm pretty sure everyone knows about it, but we'll just give a little backstory. So she is a uh, Chinese-Canadian, lived in Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, She came down to Los Angeles in January of 2013. I guess she was on a little bit of a trip or, you know, just kind of visiting things. Give a little Um, of her background, though. So this is someone that has suffered from mental illness. She was diagnosed with bipolar, with depression. Um, She used to actually have a blog and she would talk about her illnesses. Now, she was on um, medications for it. She talks about her medications, which I think a lot of people don't like to talk about mental illness, and I think it's very important that we do talk about it. And I'll say, I do have a mental illness. I have depression and anxiety, which I am treated medically for. And I think more and more people need to talk about these things to bring it to the light so people know that they're not alone, that this is affects a lot of people. But anyways, I digress on this. And we'll talk about Elisa Lam. So she was uh, come down to L.A. And um, when she first checked in with the hotel, she was in what they like a hostel room. So she was sharing a room with a couple of other uh, females. And the not other, the traditional hostel, like where you get your fingers cut off in the movie. Well, I don't know. It ended up being that way after all for this for this particular story. Ooh. So kind of crazy. But. Yeah, so she was in this room with other girls, and the other girls decided that they were going to, they just, that she was acting very strange, very weird, she was just being really kind of nutty, and they couldn't figure out why, so the hotel ended up moving her to her own room. Well, 
on January 31st, she disappears. No one knows what happens. Poof. So when you go back to look at some of the videos, because they have um, cameras in the elevators, they have actually cameras in almost every part of this hotel except for the lobby. Which is very interesting. You'd think that that would be the one place you'd have cameras is in the lobby of this hotel. So if you go back to the footage and look at some of the camera footage that's going on, you see Elisa in the elevator. And she's randomly hitting all of these numbers in the elevator, going to different floors. And you can see her peeking out of elevators, looking around, like she's trying to engage with somebody. She's trying to see something. Is it the lady from the fifth floor? We don't is, know. Is she playing this elevator game? What is what is going on in this poor woman's head at that particular time frame? We just don't know. So she ends up disappearing. She ends up, nobody knows what happens to this How girl. long? Um, they did not find the body until the 19th of February oh, of God. that same year. That's like three so you're weeks. talking three weeks that she's gone and disappeared. Of course, the police are called to figure out because her parents try to get a hold of her. They can't get a hold of her. They're worried. They get the police involved. Well, we know the L.A. Police Department. Oh, mm, yes, we do. What a joke. But they get involved. They bring dogs. They search the roof. They search everywhere. Now, on the roof are these large water containers, these huge, huge, gigantic water containers that are on the roof that are latched. And supposedly, according to the hotel, the latches were closed. So there's no way... Anybody can get inside one of these. Well, on the 19th, finally, when they did discover the body, the only reason they discovered it was because the residents were complaining about smelly water, black water, low water pressure. So they're like, okay, we need to check these things out. Which is loosely connected to that film, Dark Water. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, which is a Japanese film mm-hmm. originally. And then they re- did a remake with um, okay. uh, Jennifer Connelly. Which there you go. a remake of it, the American remake. No, so actually, uh, really kind of a really good film. So, they find her body. They find her naked body, but her clothes are in the tank with her, and this latch is open. They're trying to figure out how she opened this latch. Well, if you talk to the maintenance people, and I always trust the maintenance guy, Mm -hmm. the latch was open the entire time. The hotel said it was closed. Exactly. So, here's a, you know, you look at some of the stories and some of the backstories. What are they covering up? What's going on with this hotel? You don't have cameras in the lobby. How did she get up onto this roof? It's There was only way that they could think that she got onto the roof is from the fire escape. There's a way you can get out the window, up the fire escape to the roof, and that's the only way that she could have been able to get in there because the other way up to the roof is an alarm that would set off, and no alarm went off on this door. And the hotel, Hotel Cecil, already has very dark imagery and dark stories connected to it. Like what, Tiger? So, anyways, this this hotel has got some pretty dark history. It had, in the 30s, there was a case of a woman who actually jumped to her death. On coming down, she actually hit a man that was walking. They thought this was a double suicide when they found out it wasn't. This gentleman just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time when her body came down, killed them both instantly. Then you had several serial killers that were in this hotel. Back in the 80s, the uh, Night Stalker in L.A. Richard Ramirez. Richard Ramirez. And then you had another um, serial killer from Australia, uh, Robert Unterweger. Um, He was um, also at this hotel in the 90s, about 91, and he was also killing prostitutes and, and stuff like that. So 
a lot of bad juju was going on at this hotel. And also a lot of recorded overdoses there. um, A lot of prostitutes have lived there. No offense to sex workers, but this was on the negative side of it, as well as several drug dealers. Um, It was just a very bad hotel. It's in a bad area. I mean, if if you're familiar with LA, it is in the middle of Skid Row. It is just a really bad area. So they're just a bad vortex in that particular area, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, who knows? Now, when you get to the autopsy of Elisa Lamb, what the doctors notated was that she wasn't taking her medication. The prescribed amount that she was wasn't even in her system. So it's like, was she playing the elevator game? Was she off her medications and just having a breakdown? And I can tell you, when you have a breakdown, it's like an anxiety attack, and you've had one yourself, Tiger. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It feels like a heart attack. You, you feel like your heart is beating fast, you're sweating, you want to throw up, um, you, the voices sound loud. It's just frightening. So, very, very scary stuff. So, it's very Odd. sad. It's very sad what happened to this poor, poor, this poor woman. Tragic. Everything that she went through, and, but... What was it about? Was it mental health? Was it the elevator game? Was it a combination of both? But speaking of... Or was it the fifth floor woman? Because in the video footage of Lisa Lam, you do see her poking her head out of the elevator several times and acknowledging some phantom person that you don't ever see in the video. Yes. So So could it have been the fifth floor woman? Who is the fifth floor woman? What is the fifth floor woman from the elevator game? That and more. Speaking of the fifth floor woman, have you heard of the term psychopomp, Tiger? Mm, yes, I have. I have heard this term. And in case you all down there don't know what it is, a psychopomp is kind of a Greek term for a caretaker of the dead, someone who escorts the soul to the spirit plane. Um, An th- escort for spirits? Well, Not that kind of escort. Mm. A different one. Someone politely taking you by the hand. And there's several throughout various cultures. I mean, there is the Aurora Borealis, which I think is one of the most romantic ones. Mm-hmm. Granted, not specifically an entity, but more like a body of light. But the Aurora Borealis to the Inuit represent a torch-like collection of lights that show the dead to the afterlife. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. Oh, that's, it's a, that's, that's such a cool story. And then there's um, Diana, which is a Zoroastrian. She's sort of like an angel figure that escorts people in the Zoroastrian faith to the afterlife. There's even Freya, who is Norwegian. Well, not Norwegian. She'd be Swedish? Scandinavian. Scandinavian. Scandinavian in general. Mm-hmm. Um, who is a goddess and also a psychopomp, but also a Valkyrie, which is another psychopomp, one of Odin's shield maidens, who takes the dead to the Valhalla. Uh-huh. And then there is the Greek goddess Persephone. There's another one I'm forgetting, Tiger. Uh, you've got Hecate, you know, the uh, goddess Hecate. And you also have an Egyptian goddess named Nephethiris, you know, that's another one. And then there's Morgane, the Irish Celtic goddess, as well as the voodoo loa Mama Brigitte. There's mm-hmm. Baron Semedi. There is Papa Lekba. Um, quite a few people. Now, speaking of voodoo and so forth, don't you have some interesting tales on that? Oh, very interesting. So before I progress further talking about some of the Loa, um, I just like to state that voodoo is a very white, misinterpreted, and typically thought of as an evil religion. It's not at all. Um, it has nothing to do with blood, dark magic, pins and dolls. It's more like a whole gumbo of practices that was passed down through generations, through folklore, songs, food recipes, proverbs, and the biggest misconception is that people who practice voodoo do not believe in God. 
wrong. Exactly. Just like any religion, this is a religion that was came from Africa, developed in Haiti. They uh, mixed it with their own African religions, with the uh, Catholicism. So and a little ancestral magic to boost. Exactly. So with any religion, with any kind of belief system, you have to show respect for it. And giving you a little more knowledge about voodoo, so there's two basic families. There's the Rada, which are considered the cool, and I'm not meaning cool like I'm a cool person. Cool as in like water. Think calm, sweet. Um, these are sweet-tempered spirits. There's also the petrol, so think of petrol like fuel. Um, very passionate, hot, fiery. These are the ones that belong to Papa Legba, Baron Samedi, Mama Brigitte. Um, these people demand with their... I would say their conjuration, you would need to sacrifice, and I'm not talking animals, but you would have to give something to get something. And when you get something back, you have to be very careful because they're tricksters. They love fun. They love cursing. They love sex. They love anything that's wild. Um, they'll give you what you want back, but they'll twist it. Kind of like in American Horror Story where they confused Baron Semity with Papa Legba and they made him look a certain way and he didn't. However, but the reason why I mentioned it is because when Marie Laveau in the show requests eternal youth, she had to give a sacrifice and she didn't think what it was. And that's what happens in reality when you do these participations with these entities, if you don't know what you're doing. You have to sacrifice, honor with reverence and respect. And if you don't know what you're doing- Don't do it. Don't play around with stuff that you don't know. Educate yourself learn things, look on the internet, find people that are into this stuff to learn and educate yourself so that you don't get harmed. Speaking of harmed, have you heard about Kate Reston? No, this was an interesting case though. This is, mentioning it. yes, and it just happened quite recently. She was a 19-year-old girl. Um, I even just verified her through Twitter. Um, she actually passed away after supposedly conjuring Papa Legba. Um, the cause of death was an well was a heart attack. She was found in the bathtub, but it was speculated that an anxiety attack led to this heart attack. Exactly. And if we all know, anxiety attacks, they come on. They feel like heart attacks. It feels like you're, you're stuck and you're going to die. So. And also, if you're in the headspace of talking to potentially dark entities that you don't know what you're doing, um, I would even say dark because... These entities aren't dark. They're, they sit between the worlds, the realms, so they sit between life and death, good and bad. You just have to know what you're doing. And supposedly, she was a Wiccan who started dabbling into voodoo culture, and she tried to use voodoo to hex her black girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Okay, for one, you're a white girl, and you're trying to hex your black girlfriend with a potentially Afrocentric religion, faith-based which you don't know about, which you've already claimed that you're Wiccan, not a voodoo or hoodoo practitioner. And Wicca is very different from hoodoo. They're, it's just like comparing uh, Judaism with Catholicism. They're different They're religions. Very different. All so different. They might have a couple little host beliefs that cross over, but in essence, they are vastly different. And also, supposedly she was talking to Papa Legba, um, it sounds like she was watching American Horror Story because the way she was describing him, Papa Legba was not that person. Papa Legba in the faith practice of voodoo is traditionally a very older looking gentleman. He has a limp, uses a cane. Um, he dresses in like kind of a tank top, straw hat, straw hat mm -hmm. baggy trousers, always has a dog with him. 
However, in voodoo practice, Baron Semedi has the top hat with the white face makeup, the really prim suit. Um, basically, I like the way someone t- described him as he is dressed for death. Like, he is mm-hmm. coffin ready. And that's who she talked to. And if that's who she conjured, Baron Semedi, and she didn't give him the proper respect and proper reverence, he was going to take you somewhere else. And this is a Loa that's very much a trickster. He's a prankster. If you mess around with this Loa, you're asking for some trouble if you don't know what you're doing. Especially looking at his wife, which is why I wanted to mention his wife, because could the fifth floor woman in the elevator game be a Loa like Maman Brigitte, who is a one of the very few white Loa in the voodoo religion. Mm-hmm. She has green eyes. She wears a top hat. She loves cursing, loves sex, just like her husband. However, she also takes care of children spirits as well as ill women. Um, she's a very kind woman. However, again, you don't pay her proper respect and reverence. You're going to get a whole lot of things. For a lady like Mama Brigitte who drinks rum with several scotch bonnets inside it you better know what you're doing that's hardcore that's Mm -hmm. hardcore exactly and so what's interesting about kate resnan um prior to all of this voodoo mentioning on her instagram she even wrote that i'm a wiccan get out of my oh let me get you the exact quote so pardon my french i'm gonna have taggart read this because i don't like cursing oh please okay i'll read it this is what she wrote on twitter with alongside a picture of a black poppet and it looked like a dreadlock or a piece of hair i'm assuming her girlfriend that was burnt and the quote next to the photo which you can still find on twitter says let people have their own religion if someone is into something accept that stop saying no you come from god i'm a wiccan and i always will be so shut the fuck up and let me be However, if you're Wiccan, why are you talking about being a voodoo practitioner? Or practicing voodoo if you're if you're a self-proclaimed Wiccan. That doesn't make any sense. Does not make sense whatsoever. So she got what she asked for? Or, again, was this a case of mental duress? Did she suffer a mental breakdown, which led her to have a heart attack mm-hmm. due to the breakup, due to playing around with stuff she didn't know and she frightened herself to death? Or was it one of the... Psychopomps, Papa Legba, was it? I don't believe it. I don't know. You tell us. Exactly. And on that note, the candles are being blown out. <sighs> but anyways, if you want any more information on some of these people, just do what we do. We look it up online. We go on different websites. We check it out. Buy a book. Buy a book. You know, Watch documentary. Internet. But if you're going to get into any kind of creepy games or any kind of religion where you're Bloody conjuring or anything like that, respect it. Learn about it. Have some kind of understanding and not just do it as a passing fad. Don't be like one of these people that are just like, I'm just doing because it's cool and fun. Bloody That's Mary, Bloody not Mary, Bloody cool. Mary. You have to have respect for other people's Candyman, religions Candyman, and thoughts Candyman. and processes. End of story. But I think that kind of concludes our episode this week. What are we thinking about talking about next week? Have we figured it out? That, you'll have to wait to see what's boiling in our cauldron. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, folks.